It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! This is Locked On Auburn. I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Papp is in studio. I am remote again. But, man, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. We got some basketball news. Both kind of sad news, but whatever. Also, some fun Auburn stats, as well as some listener questions as we look ahead to Auburn's matchup against LSU. Michael Pappas, how are you? Doing great this morning, Zach. How are you? I'm doing well, bud. I'm doing well. But first things first, uh, Lane Kiffin got in trouble yesterday, and I think that's funny. So we should talk about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So the SEC came out with a statement basically saying they should have taken a, a longer review, I guess, on, on whether or not Sean Shivers touched the football on that kick return. And I guess they called Lane Kiffin and, and told him that and gave their explanation, although Lane didn't really sound – it didn't sound like he thought it was an explanation. Uh, and he said that he asked them if he could tell – the team and the fans, what they said, and the SEC was like, no, it's a personal matter or something like that. And uh-huh. so Lane Kiffin told reporters, like, he's not going to tell everyone what they said because um, they asked him not to, and he's trying to save money for Knox's college fund. And, um, and he said that he wished that when the – Ole Miss reporters were asking him, you know, why he didn't play certain players or whatever. He could just say, hey, that's a personal matter. I can't tell you. Um, he was like, that would be really nice. And I was like, yeah, I bet a lot of coaches think that. Uh, and yeah. then Lane went on Twitter and just ripped everyone. And um, he got fined $25,000 by the SEC. <laughs> and then he tweeted, out, <laughs> he tweeted out a video of a guy paying, like, he of a guy paying maybe a twenty five hundred dollar fine or something in pennies, and so he just tweeted out that video, and then a little later he tweeted like, "Where can I find twenty five thousand pennies?" And people were like, "Coach, you need two point five million pennies." <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was just all over Twitter last night going after the SEC, and, and it was very funny. If you didn't see it, I highly recommend going look at it, looking at it. He had players tweeting at him like, Coach, you got to chill, um, <laughs> which I think is, like, the best part, right? I mean, clearly these guys, like, that's, I don't know, that's got to be awesome for the team, right? Clearly he's got your back. Yeah, yeah, if I was playing for him, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And um, as far as the explanation, like, I don't really blame him for it. Um, here's the first part of it on the kickoff return in the Auburn at Ole Miss football game at 5:43 in the fourth quarter, the sec has determined the replay official should have stopped the game for further review of the play in the football official replay process. Every play is reviewed, but when appropriate, the game is stopped for further review. I mean, that, that's kind of the whole thing. It doesn't really ever say 
anything. Yeah. And then, so yeah, the next sentence is just like because it wasn't appropriately stopped for further review, the necessary slow motion of the play was not viewed by the replay official to determine if the ruling on the field should have been reversed. Like that's yeah. it. Because we messed yeah. up, it was wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Which is a statement and something needed <laughs> to be said, but um, I don't know. I don't think it's a good look for the SEC, but. And I know a lot of Auburn fans on message boards and on social media are like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. But like, if this was flipped, we would all be very upset. So I'm just trying to like put some perspective oh, yeah. into what's actually going on here. Oh, I totally understand why everyone's angry. Yeah. Um, if Gus did this on the social media or in an interview or whatever, I would eat it up. I'd love every second. At, I mean – and Lane is going to turn this into a big recruiting thing. You know, like, I have your back. This is what you can expect if you what, – what do they say? They're, they're saying, like, come to the sip, which I don't oh, totally understand. Okay. I guess, like, Mississippi. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Um, all right. Some, uh, some basketball notes. ESPN is canceling plans to host eight of its men's college basketball events at one location in Orlando. They plan to move eight of the ten non-conference events to uh, the ESPN World, uh, ESPN Wide World of Sports property at Walt Disney, kind of making a uh, a bubble. Auburn was going to play in Orlando. You and I were going to camp in Colonel Steve's backyard down there. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> um, so thought that was interesting. I mean, we're like less than a month away now um, as basketball starts on November twenty fifth. Yeah, there also, were there no, were quite ahead, a few. Quite a few college basketball writers that were tweeting that coaches, you know, had had texted them and said something like, you know, we're less than a month away from the season and we're still trying to schedule games. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Stuff like that. The most recent thing that I saw is that they're trying to put together a tournament in Fort Wayne and Gonzaga and uh, Gonzaga and Auburn are both like, I guess, committed to that. Okay, I, I missed that. That's 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 important. That's great. I DM'd it to you, so I mean it's fine. You, Jaws <laughs> Jaws liked the message, but it's whatever. <laughs> this is awkward. Let's move on. Auburn was picked to finish seventh in the SEC. Uh, CBS Sports put that out there. So um, let's see. Tennessee is expected to win, followed by Kentucky, LSU, Florida, Alabama, and Arkansas. Then Auburn. South Carolina, Ole Miss, Missouri, A&M, Mississippi State, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. Um, at first glance, I was like seventh. And then looking at it, it's like, okay, all right, I kind of get it. It still seems a little low, but I kind of get it. Yeah, the SEC right now, in I mean, really in both football and basketball, have maybe the best collection of coaches in the country. And... That's a testament to to the league, really, and the athletic directors around the league. But I don't know. Seventh seems low to me, Zach. Seems yeah. low. I don't know why I agree with you, man. Auburn could not reload instead of rebuild. Uh, seems like they're they're pretty poised to do that with Sharif Cooper and company. But hey, man, we'll see. It's going to be a very young team again this season. Yeah. Got some fun Auburn football stats coming up in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Want to give some love to our partner at Frisky Whiskey. They've got the widest selection of wines, liquors, beer, uh, all kinds of stuff. Also, your home for tobacco 
and lottery. The uh, Alabama has a very high tax rate on distilled spirits. Georgia is 37th, while Alabama's fourth. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about almost a $16 difference in just taxes alone when you buy two handles of liquor. And uh, Frisky Whiskey is uh, pretty much the cheapest way for anyone in Auburn to purchase um, any kind of alcohol or spirits. And uh, the selection is incredible, as we mentioned. 10,000 square feet of just different options for you. Um, Highly encouraged checking out the folks at Frisky Whiskey. That's where I buy all of my liquor and spirits. And like I said, it's your one-stop shop for liquor, beer, wine, tobacco, and lottery. And also Frisky Whiskey, you can buy your domestic beer and uh, the beer that is literally made to chill. Coors Light, that's only one out. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill. Like I said, that's Coors Light. And uh, I mean, even if your team isn't playing this year, which everyone listening to this, you probably are. But maybe maybe you like the Pac-12. I don't know. I don't know. There's still plenty of sports, plenty of teams, even if you're frustrated with Auburn, uh, that, that give you the excuse to just chill and drink a beer. Watching football is therapeutic for fans. It's uninterrupted me time, and it's an excuse to chill and drink beer. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. So all of these stats that we're about to read are from Josh Dub on Twitter. If you do not follow Josh Dub, highly encourage you to do so. Um, first is Bo Nix surpassed Chris Todd in front of the program in career passing yards on Saturday. Nix is currently 12th on the all-time Auburn passing yards list with 3,649 yards. Zach, do you think Bo Nix is going to get to 3,000 yards this season? Um... No. How many times did we talk about that this offseason? Um, it was a long offseason, Michael. I'm not ashamed <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to echo your sentiment about Josh Dub on Twitter. Uh, I look forward to his stat dump on Mondays. Uh, coming off an Auburn loss, I mean, he gets me bought right back in. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I mean, it's, he drops some nice historical nuggets, and I am like, Auburn's going to the championship. This is it. Yeah, so I like Bo Nix um, on that one. He's uh, also, with the rest of that tweet, Josh Dub said that he is on pace to pass his father by the end of the season. Tank Bigsby has 432 rushing yards as a freshman this season, 16th most in Auburn history. He surpassed Ben Tate and Brad Lester, among others, in the Auburn rushing yards as a freshman leaderboard. Another 100 yards will launch him from 16th to 9th. I mean, he's going to get to 1,000 this season, right? He may need the bowl game, but I would think so. How many games are left? They've played five. There's five left. Yeah. He's going to get there. Plus, you know, the SEC championship game. So, I I don't think he's going to have a problem. Oh. Who else is Alabama losing to in this dream scenario? No, no, he's going to transfer to Alabama. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) Don't say that. That's not even funny. Um... Can you imagine if guys could transfer midseason and just start playing? Yeah, there'd be a lot of people that really like. I think a lot of people would get fed up with college football if that was the case. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Like they got, like Le'Veon Bell just did, and they just like. <laughs> yeah. 
heading into the playoff, the playoff teams just went and poached small school guys to. Right. It's like everybody plays for four teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seth Williams cracked the top 10 in career receiving yards in Auburn history. He passed Sammy Coates. Williams trails Lawyer Tillman by a mere 20 yards for ninth place. Additionally, he is tied with Emory Blake, friend of the program, for fifth most receiving touchdowns in Auburn history. This is amazing to me. Um, not that I don't want to discredit Seth or anything, but it's just kind of amazing, like how unimpressive Auburn's receiving records are. Yeah, man, we talked about this. I don't know if it was in the the underrated show that we did or, or what, but at the end of this season, I think at the time they hadn't shortened the season yet, but. It, it, if I remember correctly, like looking at the numbers, Seth has a very good chance to end this season in second place in every Auburn receiving statistical measure behind only right. Terry Beasley, whose numbers are like almost uncatchable. Let's be honest. I mean, his numbers are, are ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I, I think that. I, I mean, I know I've been hard on Seth Williams, but I think that we're definitely going to look back and be like, oh. Okay, may have been the best receiver in Auburn football history. Yeah, he's got a chance at it. He's got a chance at it, um, for sure. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts your uh, car may need in a traditional uh, chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning uh, when essentially you have a computer in your pocket at all times? Uh, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, the shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They saved me money. They saved a lot of, a uh, lot of hosts throughout the locked on podcast network, a lot of money, highly encourage you to check them out and probably save some money as well. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Michael, let's move on to some listener questions. 205-502-4285. You're the one in studio, so I'm going to let you read these. Okay, this one doesn't say who it's from. It just says Colby Wooden is really going to be good for Auburn moving forward. He leads the SEC in tackles for loss. Uh, pretty good for a freshman. Um, yeah, it is pretty good for a freshman. It's incredible for a freshman. Um, whoever emailed or, or texted that, I think you're exactly right. Thank you for the text message, but um, thank you for or, or email. I don't I don't know which one it was, but yeah, these are all texts. Okay, and, and he sent a longer one before that about. Um, just recapping the Ole Miss game, but it was kind of stuff that we said yesterday. So I kind of wanted to either do stuff that was just kind of generic or looking ahead to, uh, to Ole Miss. That's why I picked that part out. But yeah, I mean, I think Colby Wood's been really impressive and he's, I think he's gotten better every game. Mm-hmm. He kind of disappeared, but the whole defensive line kind of disappeared against Ole Miss in my opinion. So 
Um, I think uh, I think it'd be a, a good opportunity for him to kind of take that step against LSU um, this weekend. Yeah, Zach. You know, we have uh, uh, we talked about one article that we read that we really didn't like, but or thought was dumb, and we've kind of joked about doing a, a weekly segment that's like the worst thing I read this week, and. Um, if we were going to do that this week, uh, mine would be an AL.com article that Tom Green wrote yesterday that was the, – the headline was like, um, where the Auburn defense can improve statistically through for the rest of the season or some, something like that. What did he say? Um, it was a very long article. I read like the first half. I mean, it was well-written. He had a lot of stats, but like – he the reason it was the the worst thing I read this week is because it needed one word tackling that that could have been the whole article just tackling and I would have been like yep you're right if we were in theory doing uh, this segment the dumbest thing that I've read all week if, if we were doing this segment we're not doing it but if we were it would be for the Plainsman's opinion piece that we tweeted out from the Locked On Auburn Twitter account mm. on I guess that was Sunday. Um, not a lot talking of f- about Gus Malzahn, um, needing to find a high school job somewhere in between Oxford and Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some replies to, to that story of people who were like high schools would, what high school would even want this guy? I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Any high school would want him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The, the defensive line, man. They're getting pressure, right? Like against Ole Miss, it was like they were in the back. They they lived in the backfield. They just couldn't tackle anyone. I, it's just, I mean, I'm not trying to rag on Tom Green either. I like Tom Green. He's a nice guy. He's a good writer for, for AL.com. Um, I agree. I like Tom a lot. Yeah, I just, like I literally was like, oh, okay, I hope this first sentence is just about tackling, and then like maybe there's a paragraph that says, you know, there's just tackling, and then it was like, a, like actual statistics and like a real article. And I was like, Oh, this was not, he took this much more seriously than I would have because the defensive lines living in the backfield, not tackling anyone. I mean, Daquan Newkirk, Tyron Truesdale, big cat Bryant are like the three worst tacklers on Auburn's team. It's, it's ridiculous. I it's infuriating. <laughs> What's the next listener question, bro? Uh, Phoenix from Tennessee. This LSU game might be the most hard-fought Tiger Bowl we've ever seen, and I'm very excited for it. Both teams are desperate for a win to hang their hard head on. Both teams are not having the season they expected. For the first time in a while, there are two teams upset with themselves and searching for a sibling to slaughter in this Auburn-LSU game. Whoa. Auburn better put them ears back and get ready for the dogfight they're trying to avoid this year. Uh, I think Phoenix is right. I think everything you said about that is correct. It's been a minute since both, you know, it's been a must win for both teams. It's always important. You know, this is always a game that every, you know, both of these teams circle every season, Mm -hmm. but this one's, um, this one's a little bit different. I mean, I mean, there's already people in LSU calling for Edo's job and I'm like, this guy won you a natty last year. Like give him a second. You know, there's a crazy amount of turnover for LSU. Um, you know, their quarterback situation's a little iffy with Miles Brennan being hurt what he tore his oblique or something like that. So, um, you know, you got, you got some youth, um, as far as leadership on that LSU team. And then you've just kind of got some inconsistency on the Auburn side. So it's a big one. It's a big deal, but Auburn LSU is always a big deal. Absolutely. And I think it matters this year that it's, 
I guess technically a little later in the season, um, because usually it's it's closer to the beginning of SEC play, and so both teams are kind of still True. sort of finding their yeah. footing. I guess you might say. Um, this reminds me of the game I believe in 2016, when Les Miles' last game at LSU, the field goal game. Yeah, when when LSU won it on the last play, and then they were like, "Oh no, you didn't actually get the playoff." Um, that was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. When LSU won, and then the refs came back and were like, "Oh no, you didn't." Sorry, guys. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it's. I don't know. It feels like a a can't lose for both teams. Not really a must win, but like I can't lose. Like if Auburn loses, everyone's going to be irate, calling for Gus's job again. And if LSU loses, it's just like, I mean, I cannot even imagine what it's like in Baton. It'll be like in Baton Rouge. Well, and, if you're Gus, I mean, everyone wants to whip out the, you know, his stat against Georgia, LSU and Alabama. And I mean, these are the years he, you have to capitalize. Yeah, I mean, if he goes 0-3 against those three teams this year, because like, I don't think Auburn's winning against the Iron Bowl and Tuscaloosa this year unless unless something really changes here. Like, he needs to win one of them, and he knows that. So, uh, and Gus is good at a lot of things, but I think the thing he's best at is saving his own tail. Mm-hmm. And uh, Desperate Gus is not a Gus I would want to coach against. And so I think we're about to start seeing some of that. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, continuing this with this theme, let's go to uh, this one from David from Florida. Hey, guys, I've conjured up a theory about LSU's Coach O. I think if he doesn't turn things around after next season and have LSU competing again, we could see him get similar treatment to Gene Chizik and be let go two years after winning the Natty with a transfer QB. Uh, David from Florida, I think that you hit the nail on the head with this one. Um the uh, I guess the original difference I'd point to is that the year before the Natty, I believe LSU was they, they won eight games or something or nine games. Um, at the time, I was saying like you know it's it's much more likely that we're looking at at this as an on- anomaly in Coach O's record, obviously then or coaching history, and then you know uh, they went on to win the Natty. But even so, I think that. You know, when you parallel Gene and and, and Coach O, it looks very similar. Um, when they both got to their SEC schools, they had disappointing kind of pre- previous coaching resumes, head coaching resumes. Um, you know, Coach O, not good at Ole Miss. Not, I mean, he was good at his interim places, but I, I mean, I don't even really remember him being a, a true head coach anywhere other than Ole Miss, and that did not go well. Um, Gene, obviously, people were not even happy when he was hired. Um, and, and then they bring in these hotshot offensive coordinators and transfer quarterbacks that light the world on fire for one season. Yep. And the next season you see him kind of regress to the mean. And I don't think LSU is going to go 3-9 and nine next year because obviously that was a little of a um, – extenuating circumstances at Auburn with the new offensive coordinator and everything. But um, LSU had maybe the best team of all time last season, and all those players are gone. Like, So we'll see. The, the, the new quarterback they've got seems to be a very good player. Miles Brennan was actually playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. Um, but their defense can't stop anybody. 
And when you have a defensive head coach and your defense can't stop anyone, they get fired. It's, it's like n- having an offensive head coach who can't score a lot of points, right? I, but, I mean, Ed Orgeron, though, I mean, I've like discounted him every year that you know he's been in the SEC, and he kind of keeps proving me wrong. So I agree with you, but that may not mean much. I mean, this is a guy that I does thought— he, I mean, does he keep proving you wrong? Because it's not yes. like they were some hotshot team in 2017. They were fine. In 2018, beat him. correct. Gus but, hasn't been able to beat him yet. Yes, that's true. Gus has not been able to beat him. But outside of Gus— and outside of like the juju of Auburn being just so bad in Baton Rouge somehow, like in 17, they weren't that great. In 18, they really weren't that great. And then in 19, they lit the world on fire. And well, I mean, my perspective is covering Auburn. I'm not picking LSU when they play, you know, I don't know, when they play Mississippi State. Like, we're not talking about that game. So, like, the only time I talk about LSU every year is either when they're in the Natty, like last year. Or, you know, when Auburn plays them. And so, I mean, just through the lens of this show, or the shows that I've done in the past that cover Auburn, um, yes, he has proved me wrong pretty much every single year. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, well, I guess the jury's still out on Coach O. We'll have to wait and see, but... This is a big one for Auburn, obviously, and and yeah, it is. It is. uh, Hoping they can pull it out. We got one last question, Zach, and and we'll wrap it up. Um, Okay. Hey guys, Luke here from Georgia. Once again, thanks for an awesome show every day. Luke, stop. You're welcome, man. Luke, come on. What a game. Good turnaround in most facets of the game. What do y'all think of Kevin Steele on the sideline versus up in the box? Seems it's harder to make adjustments in the field and read offenses at ground level? Question mark. Offense looked good for the most part. War Eagle. So uh, I'll take this one, Michael. Um, as far as where the coaches are on the field and, and you know up in the box, I don't think that matters a whole lot. Um, I mean, surely Kevin Steele has thought about you know which place he'd rather be at, and he would rather be able to communicate with his players better. So I mean, there's a trade-off. Do you want more vision, or do you want to interact with your guys and talk to them more? So. Um, he takes a trade off and he says, Hey, he wants to talk to his players more on the sidelines. And like, that wasn't an issue last year. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't think that's the issue. I think tackling is the issue. Like you said earlier, uh, in the podcast, Michael, and just, you know, bad angles by, you know, by the linebackers as, as far as bringing guys down. So I don't think it's a scheme thing. I think it's an execution thing and I think you'll slowly see them get better throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, I think the days of coaches being up in the box are starting to wane a little bit um, be, just because it's so easy f- now for them to like get the footage and get it onto iPads or, or, or Microsoft tablets on the sidelines. Um, you see it uh, maybe not as much in college football, but like in the NFL, the quarterbacks walk to the sideline and they're watching the plays from the previous drive like that yeah. quickly. And, and it's, right. you know... Um, Kevin Steele's got assistants, even if it's GAs that are sitting or, or just analysts that are sitting up in the box who, you know, some of them may be quicker at picking up stuff that the offense is doing than he is just because, you know, you never know what they're going to see versus what he's going to see. And, and I, I, I like him on the sideline. I think it keeps you a little more tuned uh, to how your guys are feeling, how they're playing. Um, 
to be honest, I don't know how much this happens, but I, I like him having the ability to w- walk over to Gus or Chad Morris and be like, hey, uh, between you and me, uh, the defense is really tired. Like, we need a blow. So can you, you know, run some clock here? Yeah, I wonder I wonder how much that happens. I feel like a lot of the time it's just kind of, you just kind of know that, right? Yeah, but, you know. It's nice having it as an option, though. Michael, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackaby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. On Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap everything Malzahn says in his presser today, as well as the top individual matchups for the matchup between Auburn and LSU on Saturday. Right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.